Okay, welcome back. What's up, Lover Gang? We have another special guest today. Grass, would you like to do the introduction? Yes, okay. So we have another one of our teammates, Jay, on the podcast today. And Jay is a very interesting woman. She does all the stuff. Yeah. Like everything that you ever imagine being involved in, Jay's involved in. And she does a really good job with it. And so we want to just pick her brain on what's going on in her life and see where that takes us. Yeah, I'm really excited. Just, just to start it off, Jay, <laughs> tell us about yourself. Why did you end up in Toronto? Like, how, how did we get the pleasure of meeting you? Um, so I took a gap year after high school because I had no idea what the heck I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Relatable. <laughs> I ended up playing down a year for volleyball because I had like the age group mm-hmm. where I could do that. So I played an extra year and then in that year got signed to play here at TMU. Um, but also the program that I'm in, Graphic Communication Management, it's the only program that has what it's offered in Canada. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about the Graphic Communications Management program? Because from what we've been talking about, it's really cool, but I feel like I didn't even know that that program existed here for a very long time, but it's given you a lot of really cool opportunities. So oh, yeah, I went into the program not knowing at all <laughs> what it was either. Um, so Graphic Communication Management focuses on the printing and packaging industries. So we learn everything from like ideating with the clients and doing all of their design work. Um, from operating on the actual press machines themselves and different types of press machines mm-hmm. and then also packaging machines we learned about different softwares for that too and then we do all the binding the finishing the gluing cutting up all like your little books magazines whatever it is we're making and then delivering the final product to the clients which is really cool. cool it's really so cool. cool it's a lot I, of work in Chinese school I just took a graphic communications course and it was really cool I've never course. Oh, the intro. one time <laughs> intro to graphic yeah, communication. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like the most, <laughs> the most basic one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is a whole other world that I had no, no idea, idea existed. existed. Yep. But it's so sick. Yeah, so most cool. of us don't know what we're getting into until we're in it, and it's a little too late. Yeah. And so we have a lot of people who transfer out in first year, and I was gonna transfer actually to creative industries instead. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, oh, like this is fun. I get to play with ink and mix different colors together, and like, yeah. what could go wrong with that? that was really and then cool. four years later, here we are. You really get to like test your creativity. I feel like in it's very technical. Like yeah, because it's about ba- it's a, a STEM program. It's a bachelor of technology. Oh That's wow! So cool. Yeah, because we have a lot of math and like sciencey stuff too. That's and I'm so not a math or sciencey girl, which is mm-hmm. why this was an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I thought no, I was going. I, I, really, <laughs> no, I thought I was going into like an arts program for like graphic design and media. Yeah, and then that's I what it sounds like. like when you say art, that's what I picture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what we all pictured, and yeah, that did not happen. And it was like technology. That's funny too because I had an exam on Saturday for that course, and it was like rings of paper and the base weight and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like, what even is this? Like, yeah, what? yeah, it sucks. It's crazy. Those calculations are so annoying, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Interesting. Okay. Um, what was your experience like as a varsity athlete? Um, mine was different than a lot of people's, I feel. It was very interesting. <laughs> a lot of ups and a lot of downs. But um, I don't think, like, if I had to do it again, like, I would. I would definitely, like, still yeah. do it. I think it's still a very valuable and rewarding experience. 
Um, there's things that I would change. There's things that, like, now that you've gone through it, you kind of, like, know what you're getting into. And I think that's, like, a huge kind of problem, I guess you could say, is, like, coming from club, especially, like, out west or Canada West, like, as a league is just so different than OUA. Yeah. It's, like, a very different transition, I feel. Um, and club athletes don't really get to see that. They don't mm-hmm. understand that at all. Um, what the shift really entails and some people will thrive right away some people won't I definitely did not um, Sorry. but yeah it happens but it was okay like I think like I've made some good friendships obviously like with you guys and stuff which I wouldn't have been able to do without varsity mm-hmm. um, it's opened a lot of other doors for me like in my career and focus like what I actually want to do with my life yeah um, which has nothing to do with what I studied which is great I yeah. love that so much for me um, but yeah, no, I think if you have the opportunity, try it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to be playing varsity, like period, coming out of Alberta. Yeah. Um, but Dustin kind of saved my ass at the last second. I feel like your story is so cool, though, because you really, like, took varsity and used, like, you got, like, everything out of it that you possibly could that, like, didn't necessarily have anything to do with volleyball, which I think is yeah. such a cool, like, unique thing about you that I think a lot of people can learn from is, like, varsity is so much more than, I mean, for us, so much more than bump sets. <laughs> <Don't> think, <laughs> like, there's so many other cool opportunities and, like, people that you can meet and things that you can do. And I feel like, like, you're just such a good example of, like, using your sport and, like, the varsity culture and like meeting all those people and like forming those relationships to really like progress further in other areas because mm-hmm. I think it can be so easy to just get fixated on like your playing time and your sport Literally. and like how well you're bumping the balls and like whatever but I think like yeah you are just like a really good example of like excelling in that but also getting the most yeah, like, in other areas which mm-hmm. I think like will go so far in your future obviously I mean we're going to talk about like some of the other stuff that you're doing outside of our seat but like it's already served you so well yeah, but, like, for sure that's so cool because I feel like I went through my first like many years just like well I play the sport and like varsity's sick and I get free gear but like didn't really know <laughs> all the other things that you can do through it yeah I think it's a common thing I was talking about this actually the other day with someone I don't remember who it was but we were talking about how like, a lot of varsity athletes just, like, focus on being an athlete, mm-hmm. but I think the stat is, like, only 7 of us make it, 7% of us make it to the varsity level, and out of that 7%, only maybe 2 or 3% make it to the professional level, mm-hmm. and, like, that's just not something I don't think a lot of athletes realize, and we all have, like, this, like, oh, we're going to make it, like, we're going to be playing this sport for the rest of our lives, when in reality, yeah. we're not, yeah. and so people aren't necessarily thinking about that future as early on as they can and should be, Yeah. Um, but for me, like, I'm used to not playing a lot, which obviously is lacking. But um, yeah. like, it's like I'm not the type of person that was like starting all the time in club and stuff too, mm-hmm. which I think made my perspective on it very different. Yeah, you have to like find other things too that like fulfilled. Exactly, you. exactly. Yeah. So like volleyball could not be my one and only. Yeah. And so because I learned that early on, like I knew that coming to university, like joining clubs and doing like whatever it is yeah. what I was doing like was really important yeah because like I wish that I had done more stuff outside of it I mean obviously varsity takes up so much of your time which like, we can talk about time management <laughs> with you too but like I feel like so many people myself included you almost have this like identity crisis when all of a sudden varsity is over like so for me last year when I thought I wasn't going to play this year like I was like yeah. well now what for the past four years all I've been thinking about is like 
volleyball and I didn't really like explore anything else so I was like I don't whatever like I have options and stuff like that but I feel like it's just so important to like learn more about yourself than just like who you are as an athlete exactly we all we're all more than just an athlete yeah we're more than just like one-dimensional people right so Okay, Ask me all this questions. is actually, we have a career-oriented person on the podcast, <laughs> no, which is like really crazy, very clear <laughs> career goals, and we are so happy for you, Jay, but, um, yeah, so you're, are you an influencer? Would you consider yourself an influencer? I hate the term influencer because I feel like I don't really influence people like that. It's not me just like shouting products at people being like, you should buy this. Like, that's not me at all. Yeah. I prefer content creator because I just like, I prefer that because I like that's the process. That's a really good way to put it. Right? But content I feel like creator. Content that's creator. Yeah. Ooh, it, it is. Because I feel like I enjoy the process of like actually creating what I'm doing. Yes. Whereas a lot of people are like. Like a lot of people do end up getting like into it because of the free stuff, which yes, go ahead. No, we love free stuff, right? Um, but then, like, as you get into it, I think a little bit more as a career, you do have to realize it is about like what brands are looking for is like your return on investment, right? If yeah. you're investing so much money into like your marketing campaigns and these influencers and paying these people, then you have to see a return and like you have to kind of turn that around and actually get people to, like buy the products and stuff like that. So, yeah. Later on, yes, that is something that you consider, but I don't, I hate the word influencer to me. No. Yeah. Like you're influencing people, but you're not like, I'm not trying to. I guess like what like the world would call like influencer, because yeah, when I think influencer, I'm like people who get free stuff and they're like, you should buy this shampoo. Yeah, and it's all like, like paid ad, paid yeah. ad, paid ad. Yeah. 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 A lot of my stuff is like, I like you as like a brand and I like what you do or like what your product is or whatever. Yeah. A lot of the times I'm already using the products that I'm supporting, but yeah. there's also a lot of collaborations that have like reached out and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But you also do a lot of stuff like day in the life and like things like that too, which yeah. is like, I don't know, I eat that stuff up. I think it's like, like I love watching like anything day in the life. I'm like, woo, it's so fun. Well, I started the student athlete ones because like a lot of people don't understand what it's like to really be a student athlete, especially in Canada. Like the U.S. is like such like True. a huge budget in terms of like everything they do and throw into sports. Yeah. We don't have that in Canada. And so like when people think of like the word athlete, it was more just like you're just kind of this like being, this figure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, really people cool. like idolize you like that. And I was like, well, we're just humans. This is my life. It sucks sometimes. Here you go. Yeah. Right? Like just trying to be as kind of open and real with that as possible. No, I think that's so cool. And I think like that's kind of where social media is and brands are like turning towards is like real people. Yeah. Um, and I think I was yeah. journaling about that this morning. I was like, everyone is really just craving. And that's what I like about this podcast. And that's why I think like we created it in the first place is because like the world is so curated that like Literally. everyone deep down is just craving a sense of like realness and like it's embarrassing to be real sometimes or like <laughs> it's weird because everyone everything is so like curated and like perfect and posed and edited that it's like I feel like at the end of the day like so many people are just like craving realness because we can never like measure up to like the standard that's presented because oh, it's sure. it's not even a real thing it's not attainable it yeah. literally cannot like be attained because yeah. it's non-existent yeah right um what was I gonna say Oh, I literally like posted on my like I had like a bunch of events I went to this weekend, mm-hmm. and so like, I posted all that stuff. And yesterday, I had posted on my story. Um, this other creator had like made this like reality versus like influencer Instagram video. Mm-hmm. Where it's like behind the scenes, like 
your life is falling apart, but like your Instagram is like still popping yeah. and looking yeah, good. Yeah. And I was like, that if that does not resonate with me, especially right now yeah. in this like period of my life, yeah. then like I don't know what does. Like, no, social media so is a highlight reel. It really is. It's like the best moment, and I think like that's why we love it too. Is like these are like such memorable and like amazing moments that I have in my life, but mm-hmm. like. I'm not gonna take a photo of myself crying myself to sleep and be and like, post it on. yeah. Oh, I've done that. It's <laughs> but like, but that's, that's, you. that's embarrassing as hell. And like, everyone like labels it as cringe, but I'm like, we're all doing the same thing. Dude, no, even like, this we're podcast, all doing the same thing. Even this podcast, like, we literally sit there sometimes and we're like, oh, I'm gonna have a panic attack because we just said it and posted it on the internet. Yeah. Not that like a ton of people are listening or anything, but like. It's so embarrassing because we're like just being our authentic selves for the most part. Like that's cringy because I'm cringy. No, well, it's not even like you're cringy. It's just people want like perfection as cringy because it's not like their ideal. Like this is what life should look like, right? Exactly. I think Instagram, especially, like there's such a conflict. I was thinking about this on the way here, actually. Yeah. Like people want to see like real and authentic which is great but at the same time there's like it's like a double-edged sword right people also come to social media as an escape from all like their lives so they don't necessarily want to see what's real in other people's lives because it might just be too close to home so it's always like hard like finding that balance because you never know right that's so true it's been fast oh wow Wow. mic drop yeah (laughs) okay so if someone wants to like get into influencing content creating whatever or like amp up their instagram or whatever maybe like what kind of advice or tips would you have because you kind of started like more recently than the past couple of years right yeah so i started in covid um i was making tiktoks for fun but then i actually like got a, a small following and then i deleted that account because i was like you tiktok I hate TikTok as a platform. I wish TikTok would die. But anyways, um, but I partnered with this company, like a local company for a giveaway. And like, that's how I kind of got started in COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of did it. Right. And like, I think that's like the one thing about content, whether it's like you're trying to be a photographer, a videographer, you're trying to do like Instagram and you want to be an influencer. Like you literally just have to post period. Yeah. And then you just have to be start- starting to be consistent with posting um check your analytics see what people like what people don't like but obviously like don't make all your content for what other people like yeah i think that's like something i ran into last year was like i was being like oh everyone likes this i'll do this right versus like now it's like i'm doing like a mix of like i know people like to see this but like what do i like to create and what is my actual reality versus like always just pushing out like the perfect content vibes so like try and find like what you're good at what you're passionate about in terms of like your niche and a lot of people say like you have to have one niche i have three i work in like wellness and sports and lifestyle like that's what i do so you can play around see what you like see what you don't like honestly posting and just being active in the first place is is the only way you're going to start anything did you ever like face like backlash from that or anything or did like you ever feel like i'm like oh like haters haters. yeah because sometimes like (laughs) I don't even post like a ton, but sometimes I'm like, oh goodness, like if I post like I don't say like two stories in four days, I'm like, I posted so much, this is so embarrassing. Did you ever like face anything like that when you were first starting? Like, um, I feel like I'm just an oversharer in general. Okay. So for me, it was like less like of that, and yeah. just like how are people going to perceive me, which is right. such a huge thing. Because it's scary it's, putting yourself out there. Always. 
always yep. right like even like i feel like i'm more of like the personality to like put myself out there but it's like it's still terrifying because yeah. people are going to judge you like 24 7 yeah no matter what you do people will judge you exactly right which is why you kind of have to like start doing things for yourself at that point and yeah. realizing it has to be for you because it's a very it, influencer industry is very scary yeah. and it's very judgmental yeah. and it's very unforgiving mm-hmm. people especially in today's day and age get cancelled over the smallest things yes. I feel sometimes yes. sometimes it's it's granted sometimes I feel like people take it too far Yeah. right but it's like then you're running into problems like that and then like I do have haters I have like an entire actual highlight on my Instagram of like just like hate comments that I've like reposted being like calling people out and stuff like that so it's been interesting dealing with those people too yeah how do you like go about even like blocking that out or like reminding yourself who you are like having peace i guess in the midst of that because it's not fun i'm I'm sure when you see it doesn't make it like and like you're you're being a content creator probably to like help people and because you enjoy it so it's like if people are hating on you like how do you even deal with that yeah because in my space, the way that I make content, when people are hating like on my content, they're literally like shitting on me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah, like, it's your life. It's not even just like my life, but it's like everything that I do is like it's meant to just be representation to help other people. Yes. Right? So it's like not just me, it's like they're hating on everyone who's like me too. Mm-hmm. It's more like than just myself, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sucks. Um, it's not fun to like read those comments, I don't think for anyone. No. But there's no real way to like block it out because like at some point in time it is gonna affect you you're gonna you're gonna hear like that inner voice just being like oh remember what that person said yeah right and like have that talk that negative self-talk I feel um for me it was something that I was already used to though so like I didn't have to stress over it as much when I entered content creation because I already like grew up with like everyone in volleyball Alberta literally shitting on me every day and like people like when I got signed, they were like, Why did she get signed? Mm-hmm. Like she's not good enough and all that kind of stuff. Like I had mm-hmm. coaches tell me that I was too fat to play volleyball or that I would like literally just never make it and stuff like that. So like I'm used to it. Which is unfortunate. That's but so bizarre to me. Like Yeah. Who has the right to say that? That's actually crazy. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. But yeah, so when you get used to it, it's like you just find what works for you. For me, like I just like I'll call them out. A lot of people will just like ignore it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will say calling them out brings feel like adds fuel to their fire, but like they have to take accountability. If you're gonna put something on the internet, then yeah, it's gonna stick with you. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, buddy. That's it's obviously not fun to deal with and like it's shitty that you're like, oh well I've always been doing that. <laughs> that doesn't make it okay. No, for <laughs> sure. Just because it's normal. No, it's like, it's a part of my life. Out. Like that's yeah, but if you're going to put yourself out there, it is going to become part of your life. So there's like, you have to find what method of coping works for you. Right? Awesome. Well, fair. Okay, we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk about one of your many projects on the go. It's called yeah. Outsider Project. So for those listening who have never heard of Outsider Project, like, can you explain it to us? Yeah. Well, most people haven't heard of it because we literally just launched like last month. Um, But the Outsider Project is like a community organization that I started to support uh, minority youth in sport across the country and connect them to current youth sports athletes for like mentorship. So that's kind of what it is. What was the inspiration behind the Outsider Project? I feel like this will like give a glimpse into you as a person. Well, I was kind of just like me and my experiences, like trying to come to like a university program 
Um, you don't really see any South Asian people in sport. The question I usually ask is like, how many brown kids can you count off the top of your head who play at the varsity level? Mm -hmm. And then I usually like specify like how many out LGBTQ plus athletes do you see? Mm -hmm. And then can you name them off the top of your head? Mm -hmm. And then kind of just go into like each sport and like kind of down the list like that. And you'll find that you really can't. And then to combine all of those like intersectionalities, like mm -hmm. you don't really see that at all ever. So that was kind of my kind of goal with this is like to be that representation based off of my experiences trying to get to this level. And I remember like DMing you guys like mm -hmm. on the teaming like, so Dustin hasn't replied to my email, but <laughs> I didn't come to team you. So can you give me some advice? Yeah, I remember DMing all of you guys that, right? But I wouldn't have had to necessarily do that if like a program existed where I could just ask all the questions about the programs that I wanted to okay. and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully this will connect more kids who want to play sports, for them to stay in sports, especially like women and people of color um, and the LGBTQ plus community. So yeah. It's so awesome. Oh, it's so cool. It's so good. I love it. If people want to get involved in the Outsider Project, like what can they do? So, we post, we are not hiring in terms of like, we can't pay people because we're brand new and we are a startup. She's working on so, it. So, yay, we are working on it for sure. Um, hopefully get some like grants and money coming in, but we're looking for like volunteers to like be part of like the team, running events and running projects and workshops and stuff like that. But um, student athletes hopefully can get involved with their universities or like their area will hopefully be running events like wellness workshops or just like a mentorship panel like Q&A and stuff like that so like younger athletes can come in and do these workshops that are led by these student athletes and then ask whatever questions they want to um, and just like have like a panel discussion being like what was your experience like how do you deal with things like wellness and mental health and time management all that kind of stuff that you want to know about being a student athlete and like the scheduling the practices that kind of thing um, right now we're just starting in Ontario but hopefully spreading across the country to all the schools but we're always looking for people who are at their universities who want to take initiative and start kind of more giving back to the community and working on projects like that that's really cool and we'll link like your instagram for it and your personal in like the description so yes. anyone who wants to like check it out online yes. they can do that too perfect okay have you ever struggled with your mental health Yes. <laughs> I feel like if you're an athlete and the answer is no, there's something wrong. Um, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> but, She's like, check yourself. No, literally though. Yeah, of course. Um, I feel like everyone here has and everyone out there probably has too. Um, I have been diagnosed with anxiety and depression, high functioning anxiety and high functioning depression. So that's something I've been dealing with for a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> when did Goodbye. you reach out for help or like kind of when did it start for you? Um, so I feel like I've had like the anxiety depression since I was younger, um, but we didn't really know exactly what was going on. So I like lashed out a lot and I was like, that was kind of my way of like reaching out for help. Um, and I wanted to switch schools, but I couldn't. Um, so I kind of just like my plan was like to graduate and then just kind of get out of that environment, that school environment that wasn't necessarily the most beneficial for me and see how I felt. Um, and then I started when I got to TMU to see one of our counselors, the athletic counselors, mm -hmm. and then COVID happened and I kind of went back home and it was, it was definitely different because I had grown within like the two years I was out of school and then obviously the 
first year that I was in university, I became a very different person and then went home, came back, and then I just recently started going back to therapy again. Because life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, facts. Makes a lot of sense. Perfect. Okay, so we know that you've worked a lot in sports. Um, would you be able to share some of your experiences with that? Yeah. So technically my first time I was working in sports was managing our social medias for mm-hmm. our team. <laughs> I remember that. Oh my goodness. I still have access and I still like post from time to time for us, but um, it was just me because we didn't have like a social media person. Mm-hmm. So Ashley and I actually took it over um, in the first year. Shout out to G. Yeah, and then second year we tried to do stuff, but it was like harder because of COVID. Yeah. So it kind of died down a bit. And then last year obviously was an interesting year, <laughs> to say the least. Um, not just because of our team, but just because like COVID and stuff, we were yeah, still getting no, shut down and everything yeah, too. Yeah. Um, so then this year we actually had our social media manager mm-hmm. full time. So I was just kind of like doing maintenance or whatever, like if we had to get something posted. Yeah. And then this past year, I worked with the CBL, the Canadian Sports, no, Canadian Elite Basketball League, oh my gosh, um, Canadian Sports Basketball League, <laughs> what a name, um, I did all their social medias and their comms, so their PR, internal communications, publishing stuff to the websites, um, reaching out to each team, making sure all their game day media was posted, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that was all me, um, and the other intern, and our boss, obviously. And then I've just kind of been figuring out what in sports I want to do next. So I was able to shadow and work the Raptors 905 International Women's Day game, which is really sick. How did you even like get to do that? Yeah. So Sorry, I Sorry, I just like I know nothing. It's and okay. I'm like how do people <laughs> even start this type so of stuff? It's really cool. Yeah, I met um Safia, who's like their communications coordinator, um, a while back, and then we actually went for coffee for me to pick her brain about sports and like what I should be doing for work and stuff like that. Um, so I met her uh, with for coffee with her one day and then we were chatting. Um, she invited me to shadow her and then we just figured out which day would work and then it ended up being the International Women's Day game that day too, so which sick. was really cool. Um, and so then I came in, I got to see kind of how the day would usually run, what she does as her position. I met some of the other people on the team and the staff, which were really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of the guys who actually play Four nine or five because they used to play in the CBL, so I got to okay. say hi to them and stuff too. Um, but yeah, I got to shadow her, figure out what she does for her job. Um, I also like am one of the communications people I know at the Raptors. Actually, used to play volleyball for York. Okay. So my first year was her last year playing. Okay. Um, so then I've been like chatting with her. She's been a great mentor. Um, and just kind of staying connected with all these people. Mm-hmm. I think Michelle Bell, who used to be one of our athletic yeah. therapists, is like a Raptors fellow, and she held the Soul to Soul event, which I was invited to go to, so I went to that, which was at the MAC. Yeah. Um, and Safia was there, like all the people that I knew were there, like Emil and stuff were there, like yeah. all like those social comms team people that I would need to know were all there, so yeah. I got to network a little bit more. Um, and yeah, kind of go from there. That's so, really awesome. Mm-hmm. And you were like the networking queen. So I guess like, yeah, how, how the key. does that happen? <laughs> like, because I feel like <laughs> you know everyone <laughs> that you need to know. But like, it really, I'm like, it's not what you know. It's, it's who, who you know. know. And <laughs> that has like really been true for you. 100%. How do you even like go about making these connections? Like, what's the secret? So many people probably have big dreams, like whether it's like in the sports industry or like yeah something else, like 
but you really do have to know people to like 100% get yourself in there you know yep um so I think networking like it's kind of like content creating like you have to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. um because like all the work that I've done in the past like I have I've worked in like communications PR and social media for like other industries too yeah um, like I worked for the dean's office at one point for creative school. Yeah. I worked in research and innovation at one point. So all these different industries. So my resume is like really full with that kind of stuff. So yeah. because I have that diverse experience, I'm like able to like be very confident in like what I have to offer people in terms of skill set and like provide value. Oh, your resume would be crazy. No. My resume is like three pages and no. I have to condense it into one and it's really hard. That I don't know how people do it, but it's a good yeah. problem to have. It is a kind of. But you also, like, you did all the stuff, bro. Like, you signed up for all the things, you applied to all the stuff, you met all the people. Exactly. Like. And, like, that was, like, in school. Yeah. It was a lot. But... I know. Yeah, we'll talk about time management. Well, yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit. But you kind of just have to put yourself out there. Um, because I was, like, confident in my value and my skill set. Like, it was really easy for me to, like, talk to people. And I would try to go into, like, events and stuff um, and just, like, connect with one person. And from there, like get them to introduce me to other people and then from there build my network right and just like add people one by one mm-hmm. linkedin was huge 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 for that um, LinkedIn. because that's where i like connected with a lot of people i'd cold message people which is absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. most people did not reach out back to me but the ones that did like that's where i met um the communications girl from raptors that used to play volleyball mm-hmm. um, okay. it was from linkedin like i cold reached out to her and was like I love what you do for your job. We both used to play volleyball. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, would you be open for me buying you coffee one day? Right? And, like, yeah, that's literally all it is. Ready. And, like, break the ice that way. Uh-huh. Um, but I also think, like, you have to know, like, your audience. Know, like, research your people before. Like, check them out on LinkedIn. Like, what do they do? What is do your... some creep and lover game. Exactly. Yeah. Be a cyber stalker in, like, the most respectful way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right? But, like, if you know them, like, you could find, like, points of, like, um... Common interest. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Right? And then, like, you start the conversation from there, but, like, you... It's also, like, the way that you talk to them, so it's, like, if I'm, like, approaching someone, I don't want them to know that I cyber-stalk them either. So you have to, like, get the conversation going (laughs) and then get them to say something where you're, like, I already knew this and this is, like, what I know. This is how I can, like... Mm-hmm. connect with you this way mm-hmm. so like you already it's like you've, you're prepped it's like an interview in the way yeah but like in a casual way love that's really cool yeah no i think that's like really good advice yeah, i agree yeah. um what has it been like as a woman in the industry shitty it sucks i'm pretty sure a lot of women say that job. like that's <laughs> it we're done <laughs> um but no like uh, the team that i was on working at one specific organization <laughs> i <laughs> was the only woman on that team and there were a lot of differences in the way that i was treated as an intern versus the other intern who was also a person of color um who was a guy and like when i would go like i would do like all the extra work that i was like did not need to do and i would like try and do everything and like prove myself in that way um and just like show them why I'm valuable as like a long-term kind of almost like a hire in a way if I wanted to work for them in the long term um but there was like an instance where like at a game like if we were both there and we were both doing separate things like one of us would be doing photography one of us would be doing like our game day media stuff um I would get texts from one of our bosses being like, make sure you do this, make sure you do that, and like kind of getting like nagged on. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the other intern never had that happen once. Right? So for me it was like every game it's like, 
okay, well, I've been putting this out for like, at this point, it's been two months into like whatever I was doing. I've been running the game days, like we're chill, like I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. If there's a problem, my other boss, who's like my direct boss, can text me, but I don't need you telling me exactly like what clips to pull and how to post this. Like I've been doing this for two months now, like I know what I'm doing. You said you like what I do and you were raving about me the other day, so why are you trying to keep up? Yeah. Right? Like I, like, I know, like, certain people want think certain things done a certain way, but why is it just me then? Why is nobody else hearing about this? Mm-hmm. Right? So stuff like that. It's like you have to be prepared that you're going to be the odd one out, and you're going to have to work ten times harder. You're going to have to be ten times more knowledgeable than everyone else in the room. Um, and you really have to, like, put yourself out there and almost, like, be confrontational in a way, being like, oh, like, if there's a meeting going on, let's say between, like, us and like a higher up organization that we're working with I'd be like oh can I sit in on this meeting or like oh I really want to learn about this right Mm -hmm. but also like learning how to spin things so it's like not you just kind of like asking all the time and like being like oh I want this this this," isn't like pushy almost because that's what you're going to get labeled as is like pushy and annoying Mm -hmm. but make the other person especially if they're a guy feel like they're valuing like they're they have value to give you Mm -hmm. right because if they feel like you're hyping them up and stuff like that like and they are providing that value to you, they're more likely to help you out because they feel like being they're being recognized. Right, like mm-hmm. they have something to teach you. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's really important to say, just being a woman in the industry, like, it is tough. Yeah, yeah. But it's good, like, there's a lot of women in the industry that I know now because it, yeah, women's industry is growing, for yeah. sure. So I try and surround myself with, like, women first. Um, so all the people, like, I worked on a project yesterday with the Gig and Grow, um, and Olivia, like, she's amazing, and, like, I met her through, like, online and then in real life. Um, she's another woman in sport. She's helping with, like, the, she's working with the WNBA for the WNBA game coming up, um, as well as a couple other, like, women-owned brands, like, supporting people like Makeway, who, like, they do sports, and they do, like, sneakers and sneaker culture and stuff like that, like, making sure you're intentional about who you're supporting and, like, publicly supporting, especially, um, try to build your circle with women first. Facts. Have you struggled with your body image? 100%. Who hasn't? No, literally. Um, yeah. I think, like, going back to what I said earlier, like, I had coaches telling me, like, I was, like, too fat or, like, too this, too that, like, growing up playing sports. So, like, that sucked. I remember when we were in 15U, I had just come off a broken ankle from playing basketball, actually. Um, well, sport athlete. <laughs> when I was like 14. <laughs> um, not anymore. Um, don't ever watch me try to shoot a basketball. It's really sad. Like, really sad. But we would. Uh, I was coming off that injury. Uh, we were in our 15U season, and I remember our coaches um, in the facility that we were training at. There was like a track at the top, and they would literally make us run laps to like burn calories before and after practices and stuff like that. And like that was like my intro to sports, mm-hmm. right? And like the year before, we had. We had a lot of interesting personalities, and that was my very first year. I was 14 you, mm-hmm. but like our coach walked out on us at nationals and didn't come back until halfway through the next game with her like her bag and her Starbucks, and she just did not care mm-hmm. about like our team, right? So like when you're brought up in that type of environment from when you're very young, like it's definitely something on your mind. Yeah. Um, battling like the stereotypes of what an athlete looks like mm-hmm. of what a volleyball player specifically I looks say, like I feel like women's volleyball I mean we've talked about this on previous episodes too but it's just like just with the nature of like the jersey and like it's a there's a lot of like tall like 
skinny girls. Yeah. Because it's like, it's volleyball. And no shade to them. Like, there's oh, nothing no, wrong with it at all. all. That's just the stereotype of what people exactly. associate us looking like. Especially yeah, exactly. because I think volleyball is a whitewashed sport. Yeah. You don't see a lot of people of color playing it. Yeah. And so when you take that into account too, like just genetically, the makeups are going to be very different mm-hmm. in terms of all of our bodies. So it's just like something to keep in mind, right? Yeah. Like you, like it sucks having to like deal with that. Yeah. Like, no, thanks for sharing though, because I feel like everyone struggles with it, but it's it can be really hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's just important to like bring it up. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. So too. How is your relationship? with food been like as your time as an athlete terrible absolutely terrible there's been a couple moments where i've developed different like types of eating disorders and like disordered eating period yeah um like even now it's just like i have like no like proper eating schedule if i go to like a restaurant like i cannot sit and eat a meal like fully because like my body's just like you can't do this Mm -hmm. right it's like being ingrained in me for so long yeah where it's like i will like take it home and then i'll eat it the rest of it at home Right? Like, it's like if I'm eating in public, period. Like, I don't like eating in public because it makes me uncomfortable. I hate it too, bro. It makes I me hate so it. I can't I am not a cute eater. No, it's not even that. I just like, I feel weird eating in front of people, which is so weird because everyone has to eat. But like, no, but literally, though, I, right? I'm just like, I get the ick for myself. Exactly. When I eat in front of people. And it's not even that I'm a messy eater. I'm just like, ew, I'm eating because of, I think just like, yeah, just like disordered eating pass, but I'm just like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. No, Unless I like know someone really well. And I feel like I'm always getting watched and if people are like, oh, like, why is she like chewing like that? Or like, why does she look like that? Or like, why is she eating that food? Because yeah. she looks like that specifically. Like no, that's I a know. huge one. Yeah. Right? So. It's really, it's really yeah. crazy. I've posted a little bit about it before, like eating in front of a camera just like to pretend the camera is like a person i think that's a really good thing for people to start even if you don't post or whatever yeah but just like just for yourself um but like stuff like that helped a little bit but it like, mm-hmm. sucks definitely still struggling yeah um trying to like share my journey on that a little bit with mm-hmm. what i do and just like the whole like body positive thing it's just like you don't even have to like, be positive it's more like body neutrality you just have to accept like this is your body and it does do xyz for you like i'm still a fully functioning like varsity athlete with the body that i have right versus the body that i don't have that i don't know if it could do the same things that it's doing for me now and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. so just like more like practicing like gratitude for your body and like what it can do and like you don't have to love it all the time yeah i'm sure nobody loves their body 100 percent of the time period Mm -hmm. nick is just unrealistic yeah no, I think that's a really good advice. Thanks for sharing that. If you had advice to give to your younger self, oh Jesus, what would you tell her? Um, don't be such an idiot. <laughs> like literally, though, I was actually so weird when I was younger, and not in a good way. No, like I was weird in a good way, but then I was weird in a not good way. Okay. So maybe don't be weird in the not good way. You <laughs> okay. don't have to elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want No, but I also just think, like, giving myself a little more grace, like, knowing that I don't have to, like, to be a people pleaser. I was such a huge people pleaser when I was younger. Um, Like, nobody really cares that much about you in, like, the sense where it's, like, 
Well, the best way possible, like, you're not supposed to be watched. Exactly, yeah. and like nobody's like cares enough to judge you twenty four seven, right? Like they're all you're all worried about yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, I would just say like because I used to like lash out, like I said, right? Like yeah. I was like I went through it when I was younger, and I think a lot of those like behaviors of like because I was like grew up in such a competitive environment, whether that was like because of like culturally or like just like my school environment, which was a lot. It was very intense. Um, because I went to private school. Yeah. Love that for us. Um, <laughs> but, like, just, like, knowing, like, it does get better. You don't have to be competing so hard all the time. You don't have to do it all. So. And this is coming from the girl that does it all? No, literally, I actually <laughs> want to die sometimes. That's okay. It's okay. We're okay. No, you're, you are killing it, Jay. Okay, so you obviously do a lot of stuff. Varsity athlete jobs, volunteering, creating your own nonprofit. <laughs> List goes on and on. How, or maybe how do you not? But how do you manage your time? And like, what advice would you have for people who want like, who are busy like you and who are trying to like do this stuff? Um. Well, I use a color coded scheduler, which makes things a lot easier. Yeah. So I would start there. Um. I do do too much. Which I've realized I do a little bit too much, so I'm very like burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I'm like in my little corner of isolation right now because mm-hmm. I don't want to like spread that negative, like icky energy of being burnt out to people. But um, time management, Jesus, do I even manage time? I don't think I do. I'm very bad at this this year. I feel um, like not enough people are talking about burnout though. Like, what is that feeling, and like, how do you? And how do you then, like, decide what you're going to prioritize? Because when you're burnt out, it's a sign that you're doing too much. So how do you then, like, you kind of have to decide, like, what, you know, means the most to you and what you're going to proceed with, right? Yeah. So for me, with burnout, I'm very exhausted. Because for me, the symptoms of burnout are very similar to, like, going into, like, a depressive episode. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, it's like, okay, so which one is it for myself? Whereas... Like, if, like, I have my anxiety 24-7, whether I'm depressed or freaking burnt out, like, it's always going to be there. But burnout-wise, like, I'm a lot more exhausted than usual, but I can still get up and do stuff. I'm just mentally exhausted versus, like, mentally and physically exhausted, which is the difference between, like, a depressive episode for me mm-hmm. and burnout. But um, what else do I do? I kind of just prioritize... Before, it would be, like, my academics and stuff like that in my first two years. But now, like, after COVID, it's been, like, very, very, very career-focused. Um, so I try and prioritize stuff for, like, content creation or things, like, opportunities where there's, like, a huge networking potential where I could, like, be meeting my future employer type vibe and, like, right. spaces like that that I want to be in. So I prioritize that now. Um, like I just said, you know, off off the mic. I haven't submitted a single assignment for one of my classes this semester, which is very problematic because I need that class to, you know, graduate with my minors, <laughs> you know, be like an actual academic early. But I used to like heavily rely on that like academic validation. And that was just like from growing up to like expectations. It's like if you want to play sports, you have to maintain this type of average. Um, and just like the school that I went to was super competitive too, whereas like university, it's like all on you to do your shit and like no, no one else like, is nobody's checking. You. Well, not really, like, for the most part. Yeah, we like, check really. you know. Yeah. Like, our coaches might from time to time. But yeah. if you're just, like, a regular student, people aren't really going to check in on you. No. It's up to you to get it done. So it's, like, 
in terms of managing that time, I'm like, okay, like if I can get like one assignment done this day, like one assignment done this day, and then like fill my schedule with everything else that I like to do, then that's cool. If I have like an actual job where it's like, I have to be at that job, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, so like this is my job schedule, this is my varsity schedule. Most of the times I'll just be missing classes where I can, like if there's no participation or anything, I will miss that class completely and just do the work. Right, because a lot of the times I'm like I think a lot of us can realize like we don't necessarily need to be in the physical classroom to do the work. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just check your like portals or whatever and like get your assignment done, mm-hmm. um, and that's all you need to do for that class. So it's like finding a healthy mix of that balance of do I show up, do I not show up? Mm-hmm. I obviously like we always we have to prioritize our sport. Obviously, yeah. go to practices and games and stuff like that. But then um, if you have like a job or if you're volunteering or whatever it is, like working around like. Do you prioritize a paid job? Do you prioritize volunteer work? Is that something that's really important to you? Do you want to do something like entrepreneurial and how much time realistically is that gonna take? Um, like picking and choosing your moments, I find, versus like trying to do it all is better. Not that I want to talk, but. No, I think yeah. that's really important though. No, I think yeah. that's really good advice. From, from the burnout queen. From no. the burnout queen. <laughs> Don't do it all. <laughs> Julie and I want to travel, and Jay is traveling to a place that we might potentially really want to go to. So can you, just to end on more of a, a fun note, yeah. um, can you talk to us about your trip to Bali that's coming up? Yeah, so at the end of the month I get to go to Bali. Very excited. Um, that's like my grad trip. So I'm there for a month, and then I'm in Singapore for a week, and then I come home. So um, So I go from like with my family. We're gonna be traveling around for the first little bit, and then I get to be on my own. I'm doing a wellness retreat. I saw one of like an influencer friend in the states who went on this retreat like last year, and it looked really sick. And I want to do a wellness retreat, kind of like very much in like finding myself era because I feel mm-hmm. like because I've been in like such a go 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 world and doing so much and being burnt out. Um, like I've lost a lot of like my whys and like myself along the way there's a lot of things I'm reprioritizing or things that don't matter to me anymore um just like trying to build a relationship with myself from scratch again versus trying to do that and everything else and be friends with people and relationships and stuff like that yeah so yeah I'm going there for a week for myself and it'll be good we got a lot of workshops that they're planning for us and stuff like that, so I'm very excited. And then back with my family in Bali, my sister will be there for the last week. And then we go to Singapore. So we're just kind of traveling around. If you want to follow, no, follow her Insta. I'm sure she's gonna be posting sick stuff. Oh yeah, I'm so excited to. I have some really cool collabs coming up for Bali, so I'm very excited for that. Yeah, I'm so excited for you. It's yeah. gonna be really sick. You too. just trying to push through. Till Bali. Yes. Mentally. You're so close. You're literally so close. You're so close. By the time this gets posted, you'll probably be there. Yeah. Fair. So awesome. True. Well, thank you so much for no, coming on, Jay. You. This was really, really cool. Yeah. I think we le- we both learned a lot. Like I'm sure all the listeners have learned a lot, and you are genuinely such an inspiration. And doing literally the, the most <laughs> stuff ever. Um, yeah, we love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Love you guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. We love you. XOXO. Bye.